Hey, Malachi. <laughs> hey, man. Nice to see you in person again. Oh, no. Yeah. On the screen. What's up? You're you're in my computer again. Always. That's very weird. Um, I don't know what the hell's going on. We're going to try to hash it out. Uh, it's the apocalypse. It, it is the apocalypse. So uh, let's get into it. All right. Go for it. Spin it. it. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm cool, Snitch, but right. you know. <laughs> <You're quiet. laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna predict that that's gonna be a, a <laughs> smashing success. Yeah, it will go over well. Welcome to Talk About Town, a podcast about real estate and other stuff. And now your hosts, Mal and Neil. All right, so we're back here. This is episode 34. Um, we kind of took uh, a few weeks off because Why it's hard not? to record regularly during the apocalypse, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, we're here with friend of the show and returning guest. Our, returning guest, friend of ours, Jason Lawrence. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me again. So I'm curious, what uh, what guest number am I at this point? Because wasn't I the very first guest? That we were. Made- Long time ago, you were the first guest. I'd say probably what, fifteen? Fifteen? I don't yeah. know. We've had a bunch, I guess. We've had a bunch of guests. That's a we'll good question. To... We need to put put our uh, statistician on that statistician on that thing. I yeah. will. Jamie, I just make sure. Jamie, I want, pull, I want to be the record up. holder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have Jamie pull that up. So um, I don't know. We were talking a little bit earlier about just. Uh, the craziness i was saying i'm doing okay and kind of continually worse like um i'm a i'm a doer and um it's not thriving right now i'm not thriving right now um real estate market is still there and and stuff is drying up so like what what's that inventory look like I don't know. I have the, uh, the the first quarter numbers, and I only have a couple. Jason, you, I, I wonder if it like correlates to the lending side too. But the, the, here's just some stuff that KREC spit out the other day for the first quarter of 2020. Uh, homes sold for 2020 41.94 compared to last year of 40 48. So it's up 3.6 percent. So I mean, there's there's more homes sold already this year, which I, I guess that's shocking. I would think that's a surprise. Uh, Big sh- here's the big shocker. Price is up <laughs> 9.5%. Last year, average uh, median closing price was 164. This year, it's 179.5. Wow. So up almost 10%. Dang. <laughs> you know, you, you can't go back and listen to our, I know, every every show it just. That's a huge up. increase. I mean, it seems like to me, year over year, that seems huge. Yeah. That's enormous. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially considering what's going on um so days on market um yeah again this number is um it's not it it takes in everything because here 2019 it's 139 days on market 2020 151 days on market so it's up 8.6 percent but i mean in all honesty i've sold 
three homes in the last month. All one of them was in six hours. So one was in one day. So it's kind of, that's bringing in the higher end homes that sit for a little bit longer because first time home buyers aren't sitting for 151 days. I can, I can guarantee you that. <laughs> Absolutely uh, not. And the last one, uh, inventory. There you go. Uh, 2019, first quarter was 3.6. Right now we're at 3.1, so it's down 14%. So 3.1 months of inventory. So like you said, it's it's coming down a little bit more. Like so, I, I just looked at it. There's a little bit more than 2,400 units right now active. Okay. And I think before the pandemic, it was 2,650-ish. Um, but it would right. kind of creep up and then it would go back down and now it's kind of creeping down and then replenishes a little bit. Well, you know, something else to consider, I mean, I know we're dealing with viruses, but as a whole real estate markets and election years tend to slow down. So I wonder if that's going to correlate to this year with what's going already on. I mean, like I said, this time of year, a lot of people, uh, I had a buddy of mine that was supposed to be waiting until school lets out to list his house, but school's kind of already mm -hmm. let out. So it's, mm -hmm. I'm wondering if that's a factor as well. Um, people can look two months sooner, three months. I mean, right. I don't know. In Jefferson County, I am, uh, I'm Mr. Cox again, uh, right now uh, during the day quite a bit. Oh yeah. Um, you're not getting paid though. Like your, your whole 401k, your pension. What's up with all that? No, <laughs> I'm not. I, <laughs> I know I need to write the school board. Damn. Good times. Like the old days, huh? Yeah. Uh, but more crying. I guarantee it. You, pro <laughs> you probably are a little bit more free with being able to say how you really feel and what you want to say to your students. A little bit. My kids are very sensitive. So um, where they might be more stoic in the school building, uh, um, they're more free with me. And then the principal, she's probably walking around watching you too, huh? Making sure you're staying alive. She's, she kind of sticks, stays in her office doing her own thing. Oh, no, see. <laughs> the boss. The boss. Yeah. I heard uh, Amazon came out today speaking of and said that we're back to one and two day prime. That's supposed to be like a, supposed to be getting back well, to that. Well, there for a little bit, they, they were doing like uh, under promise over deliver on purpose. We're like, and eh, we're going to tell you it's going to take a few days, but then it might, it might show up early because they, because it was unpredictable, but things, it looks like things are kind of getting a little bit more predictable. Oh, what was getting me was when uh, I buy something prominent and say, you will have this in two to three weeks. I was like, what mm -hmm. the hell? I'm supposed <laughs> yeah. to have two days at the most. You'd have to check to make sure you actually, you know, clicked on it was through your prime account. Right. Exactly. My right. hardware didn't show up for a month. So I'm like, what the hell? I guess, <laughs> I guess that's not essential. I'm like, still. But, I'm, oh, then oh. it's almost like Christmas though. You're like, oh yeah, what, a, what is this? It shows up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, another side effect to all this is the, I think right now you have two types of haircuts. You either have the quarantine high and tight, like me and Jason are rocking, or the other end of the spectrum is you just let it go. I just kind of let it go. I'm kind of jealous of you all, uh, right now. Uh, I mentioned maybe cutting it down. Uh, and my wife was not a fan. It's so, so much I'm easier. Oh man, my, my barber is available twenty four seven. Oh yeah, whenever I need a cut, 
know, I mean, in fact, I just I just had another one this morning. So nice. <laughs> I have Tell one Andy, scheduled. We're getting haircuts around this place. I'm at, yeah. my barber's on the back porch whenever I back and call. Yeah. I'm scheduled for May 25th. Are the you first the first day it's allowed? Yeah, I've got an appointment. Oh, I probably haven't been to one since May 25th of like 2000. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> have you been Mr. Clean that long? No, not 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 that long. I mean, I've been I've been Mr. Clean for probably a year or two, um, but then for about the last five or six years before that, it was really short, like mouse. Well, that's what I I had it like this for like ten years or maybe fifteen yeah. years, and then uh, the last I don't know five or six uh, decided I wanted to fix my hair, but uh, I kind of like I said, low maintenance. I don't even have to look in a mirror. I know what I know. What I got going on. It's great. Save on shampoo. <laughs> So yeah, you probably a, save yeah. save three dollars and thirty cents a year doing that. Yeah, easily. <laughs> maybe maybe five bucks. Who knows? Maybe you know. it's possible. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, come back to the, the real estate here. Um, that, that's it for the first quarter uh, numbers year to date compared to twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Jason, are you seeing uh, refis? I've got to still be mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit of your business refis. You know, it's more business than it's been in the past for me. Um, this time the last few years, I mean, I've been 95 to 97% purchase business. Really? And right now I'm still about 70% purchase business. Whereas, you know, I, I've heard a lot of lenders are about 70% refis right now, but that's, you know, that, that's not the case. Um, you know, I mean, we, we still got a lot of people buying houses. I mean, I've, I've actually been surprised through everything and how many I've seen buying. And, um, I've started seeing a lot more multiple offers again too. Oh, yeah, you know, that's something we talked about a while back. Yeah, I had one sell the other day. Like I said, the one in six hours, two offers with one showing. Some mm-hmm. somebody didn't make it out that night and wrote an offer on it. So, Dang. Uh, yeah, and, and I feel like that stuff slowed down for a while. Like, I mean, I don't know if it, if it was just me, but you know, yeah. we used to talk about that a lot. I mean, a year, two years ago, but then it really you didn't see as many multiple offers, and now all of a sudden, I, I feel like I'm seeing them all the time again. Um, well, what's I which, think is becoming a, a sad. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say. I mean, fortunately, I mean, a lot of our clients, I feel like, win those because of our speed. Still, you know, we've always talked about how oh, fast yeah. we do loans. We're still keeping our purchase separate from our refinances. So our purchases, I mean, they're still flying right on through the process. Two channels, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, refis are going to take quite a bit longer, but at the same time, what's the rush? You know, I mean, it's, it's going to close. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're not competing, right? Well, yeah, that's a that's what I was getting ready to say was what we're on. Like I, I had quite a few listings this month, with, month, which has been great. But when those multiple offers come in and people are going like obscene dollar amounts over the listing price and, and I'm not an appraiser, so I can't say what a house is going to appraise for. I just know that when I run my comps and we do our CMAs and it comes in and just ballpark and say the high ends 170, I'm like, you know, that's just, that's even stretching to list it for that. And somebody makes you a 190 offer, you just know, like, you have a feeling that it may not appraise for 190. That's great that somebody wants to offer you that, but like all three of mine were going over three or four, whatever they were, and we had to counter, saying, you know, uh, for one, the strength of the buyer would come a factor, whether FHA conventional, all that good stuff, but um, we would counter coming down on purchase price, and maybe taking away closing costs or, or adjusting to where, because 15 grand over, and I was already five or six over just trying to get top dollar. 
I just know I'm not going to get what, what these people, it's great <clears throat> going to offer that, but I don't want to be coming back in three or four weeks and saying, all right, now we got to come down $15,000 on the appraisal. So um, mm -hmm. those big figures, I've, like I said, that's becoming, it's becoming a factor again. And like when I listed two of the houses, when you do a radius search, there would be zero homes within one and a half miles of that house. So you knew like there, you have no competition in, in every, right. in every case, as soon as it hit the market, feeding frenzy mm -hmm. and yep. are you seeing this too um on your end when people were making offers they were sending me pre-approvals and, and up playing the fact that these people were either nurses or in the healthcare because they knew their jobs were essential and they're like hey this is a strong borrower because they're going to be working through all of all of mm -hmm. this versus somebody that with one of our deals it fell into our lap because unfortunately somebody was right. laid off uh, so i think and to be honest Two of my buyers were nurses, and that just when I saw both of those, I'm like, well, you know, they're they're working, they're they're right. really working. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm just wondering if that's uh, the essential borrower versus the non-essential borrower, if that does anything to the buying pool. That's a great point. I mean, I would say, I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, if if somebody's pre-approved, but it's you know, but they're they're laid off right now, and, and they're waiting to go back to work. I mean, that's no different than a contingent offer this contingent on a sale. I mean, it's contingent on them starting back at work. And so Who's I know on our side, <laughs> right. So I mean, on our side, I mean, as far as pre-approval letters, you know, people like that, like we're not officially saying you're pre-approved right now. Like we'll run everything and, and we'll say, you know, based on when you start back to work, you know, 40 hours, yes, you're approved for this amount, you know, and if, if they want to write an offer, I mean, that's fine. You know, obviously we need to list on the pre-approval letter. This is contingent for them starting back at, you know, Ford or Toyota or, or wherever, um, just so that all parties know that, you know, they've got to start back to work first. Well, you even had to, we, we, when we accepted one of those offers, it had to have, they sent over an addendum that you had to sign off on to give them an updated pre-approval letter that said their buying power wasn't affected by mm -hmm. COVID-19. I don't know if you're doing that a lot, but that, that's the first time I've dealt that's, with somebody saying something like that. That's a good point. So we have to do it a lot on, on our end right now just to close loans. So, you know, we have to verify, obviously, that, that I mean, that's one of the questions now that's just become part of my pre-approval, you know, my, my spiel when I when I talk to people. You said, obviously, never be, didn't even know what COVID was. Now, every time when I ask people, you know, how much do you make an hour? How many hours a week? Has your job been affected by COVID recently? Have your hours been affected? And, and I mean, I've got to find out the answer. Um, you know, because we've had some where, well, actually one that, that we closed recently, Malachi, where when we started, we did the updated pre-approval. His job was not affected. It became affected throughout the process for a couple of weeks. He was laid off. Luckily, he started back full time. We were able to close, you know, not long after. Um, but that's why we're checking the day before closing now. Um, and we're also checking even when they sign before we send the wire out. We're wow. checking again. And they have to sign a document saying they're working. They haven't been affected. So, I mean, it's, you know, crazy times right now that we just have to be really careful on. That's wild. I remember Chris has said that they used to call when people were at the closing table to verify employment while they were, mm -hmm. they, they, they had no idea, but they were right. calling an employer while you were at your closing, which I guess that's we didn't, we didn't do that for years. I mean, we were very right. lenient. I mean, I think the rule was within eight days of closing is what it's always been right now eight days it's, is it's, it's same day oh, it, it is <laughs> yeah, now you know it really is. so now it, it's same day i mean you know we have to check so i mean you know we try not to have 9 a.m closings right now because that's that's tough you know that's, yeah um all right well since we've already started down the rabbit hole what uh just 
segue into changes? What all other than the five or six we've just listed? Jesus Christ. (laughs) You know, anecdotally for me, um, speaking of this, I've seen, I've, I've talked to a lot of people the past month or two that were going to be spring buyers that are becoming fall or 2021 buyers. Just waiting. Just waiting for the, because of the uncertainty, you know, am I going to pay, am I going to buy something right now for 200 that's going to be worth 150 next week? That Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Uh, Am I going to be able to get a deal? Are buyers going to come look at my place? And, And I mean, tons of people like that that it's just it's kind of blown my mind it's rocked rocked my world business-wise a little bit because all these things you kind of lay out what you think's coming and so many people are like well i'm 2021 now so what will that do to the coming inventory the coming i mean i don't know i mean there for a while we were kind of playing the prediction game each week or each two weeks about like, I don't know, you know, something might change and something finally changed, but the prediction game is, is crazy right now because the prediction game last year, when we were doing this, we were like, yep, probably be the same next week. Who knows? You can't predict 24 hours right now. What are you talking about? (laughs) More or less a month or two months or the summer. Yeah. Um, you can't pre- and that's I'm I'm saying that across everything, not not just real estate or oh I, I got you haircuts. <laughs> yeah, you I'm like I, May 25th. I've got a haircut appointment. Let's hope that doesn't Maybe. change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's it might have changed within the hour. Every day at five o'clock, right. something tends to take a different different <laughs> road. So, um, but yeah, all right. Um, so yeah, what 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 were you what were we getting into, Jason, with the changes? Uh, well, I mean, just, yeah, I mean, there's been a, a big tightening up of of credit, basically. Um, a lot of these changes, what this stems from, is the the current homeowners that are going into forbearance. You know, in the very beginning of all this, you, you almost heard it being promoted that yeah, take forbearance, um, yeah. which it's out there. I mean, if if you truly need forbearance and you cannot make your payment then that, that may be the only option. Um, however, yeah, I want to advise people, don't do it just to do it. Don't do it just because you can. Um, because, you know, in most cases, well, in some cases, that money, let's say you go six months without making a payment, they don't just automatically put it on the back of a loan. Mm. At month seven, you've got seven months worth of payments due. Oh, oh shit. Every, everyone's going to be a little bit different. Um, but how this is, this, this is actually affecting not only, um, you know, people who already own homes because it is affecting them. If they go into forbearance and they want to come refinance to a great rate, yeah. you know, they may have a waiting period before they can refi because they went into forbearance. Um, it's also affecting new buyers because of everyone that's going into forbearance is it, tightening up credit on new buyers. And so right now, I mean, we saw almost within about a 24 hour period, the entire industry made major changes to, you know, mainly government lending. So you saw, saw a lot of lenders increase their minimum credit score for government lending for FHA, VA, USDA. Um, you know, one of the one of the bigger banks recently made a, a major change, and they are only accepting borrowers with a 720 credit score and 20% mm-hmm. down across the board. 
across the board. Now wow. that's extreme. I mean, that is, that is extreme. Hopefully that doesn't become the norm. We're not even near that at this point. Um, like I said, most of the changes have been to government loans, you know, increasing minimum scores by 20, 40, 60 points, something like that. Um, so people that maybe were approved three months ago, you know, now they have to work on their credit to boost it up a little bit. Um, same thing with debt to income ratios. Once again, mainly on government loans. Um, you know, there's been a tightening of that where you can't go as high on your debt to income as what you could in the past. Um, and a lot of this has to do with, you know, we won't get too technical, but government loans are different from conventional as far as how they are with lenders, with, with loan buybacks. And when people go into forbearance, there's a completely different, um, you know, I guess set of rules that, you know, they have to be followed. And so it's a lot more strict on government loans for lenders than it is conventional. Hmm. So not only the lending requirements and ratios have been tightened up a little bit. Are there other markets that have like uh, secondary markets that have been like, what about appraisals? Have you seen anything, anything mm -hmm. change with uh, like appraisers going into homes or mm -hmm. any of that odd and in stuff? So there's been some, some, uh, I guess a little bit of loosening of the guidelines there. Um, we still request, you know, regular appraisals. Um, some deals we have don't even require an appraisal. I mean, we, we run it through a system and, you know, maybe we get lucky and we don't need one, but for the ones that do, we still request an appraisal like we always have. And for the most part, appraisers are still accepting them. They're going out in the house. Um, however, if the appraiser says, Hey, I'm not comfortable going inside. Well, then there's some kind of some wiggle room where we can have them do like a drive by appraisal. You know, they're still doing the full report. They're just not actually going in the house. That's what and I was so, Yeah. I had an appraiser call me yesterday. Mm -hmm. That's why I was asked that because mm -hmm. the yep. drive-by, she asked if she could go in and my sellers were like, yeah, no big deal. And they ended up getting some type of waiver where she did a drive-by. I, I mm -hmm. watched yep. them drive. They, they, she did everything except for measure and I guess and go inside. But uh, she's like, I'm able to do a drive-by appraisal now. Mm -hmm. and it was a local bank. So yep. I didn't I don't know, know if, I, if I, I don't know if I shared this anecdote. Um, about our COVID appraisal kind of thing that we had going on. A uh, friend of the show, Jeremy and I, uh, we were co-agenting uh, for a buyer, kind of working together. And um, the we had it was inspected, it was ready to go. The seller who was facing foreclosure saw this as an opportunity to not get foreclosed on and not have to pay is what I believe and said, the appraiser cannot come in my house. And the appraiser said, I'll come in in a hazmat suit and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Said, nope. So, so we sent over, there's a COVID-19 addendum right now saying, you know, if anything falls out based on this, nobody's, nobody's getting uh, sideways with other people about it. And mm -hmm. she never signed it. So we just fell out of contract with her not letting the appraiser in the house. It was bizarre. And so I mean, to F off. I mean, <laughs> I mean, she, she's not getting foreclosed on right now. I believe she's living there. I think she's just delaying, but like mm -hmm. that kind of weird, unpredictable stuff is the, the, the little stories you hear about right now that it's like, what happened you know it's it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to do it that way and our buyer lost out on the house and right. lost out and lost out you know she had paid for an inspection and um it's just it's there's it's all strange. kinds of weird little <laughs> stories like that going on yeah. um 
let me ask you this, Jason. 24 months from now or 22 months from now or whatever, say we happily ever after it all kicks in, like in uh, say July, we're all back in restaurants and it's like, it's, and we're all rebounding. Mm-hmm. So do you think that people who were, whose jobs were affected, their income was affected, say like a first time home buyer, somebody that hasn't bought a house yet. And now their credit is taking a, a weird window, a hit or whatever. Do you think like in 23 months or whatever, there'll be little waivers? Cause I remember back when people were foreclosed on back in 2008 or whatever, they were able to get loans sooner because it happened during that window where everybody else was being foreclosed on. So like, Oh, it was during that period. So they kind of not swept it under the rug, but they looked past it. So I'm sure. wondering if a year or two from now, if they'll be like, well, it was during that four month window there, that six month window mm-hmm. where everybody was affected. So We'll just yeah. kind of pretend like that little gray area didn't didn't count. Or don't, a, a mulligan. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good, good question. It's it's tough to say because you know right now all we've seen is is everything heading the other direction. Right. You know, everything tightening up. So yeah. I mean, it would not only have to go back to the way that it was, but get even looser. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that, it's just tough to say. I mean, I, I think there's so many factors. You know, right now, um, you know, at this point, we don't know how many people are, you know, will actually be returning to work. How many people, unfortunately, you know, will be losing their jobs altogether. Right. Um, therefore, you know, does this kind of stop it at forbearances or does this, you know, go on to foreclosures, which we, we just don't know yet at this point. And, and hopefully, hopefully that's not the case. Um, hopefully everything does rebound, but you know, there's just too many unknowns right now. And I've heard predictions from everything from, everything's back to normal in X number of days to this is the great depression, the sequel coming and everything in between. Right. And, um, and, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying I know which one it's going to be, but I think there will be a lot of wholesale changes. You know, I was listening to um, someone on a podcast today say they, and it's, it's somebody pretty prominent and he was, had talked to a bunch of, business owners recently that were saying we're planning to go lean but but what but how does that fall out to other industries and how does it, it's it's crazy it's big mm-hmm. there well every industry is affected by it and then you you don't think about certain what i what i said to the other day is um there are industries that are thriving in this there's always somebody looking opportunistic and one of them is the the grub hubs, the Uber eats, the, uh, absolutely. Both, uh, we've got a couple of nephews that are killing it right now. And then a buddy of mine said that his daughter made $1,400 last week doing it because everybody, not everybody, but everybody's trying to support your local restaurants and everybody's ordering more. So whereas they may have had five runs in a day, you know, now they have 20 runs in a day. So, I mean, there are, and what's funny, or I guess you can say this is funny, but, um, they said if you had bought stock literally in Charmin, Charmin stock is way up right now. Um, mm-hmm. because everybody, for one, they grabbed it all up and now they're restocking. So, um, there, there, there's, um, little, I don't know what you call it, opportunities out there that people, if they saw the writing on the wall may have, and still may be, I mean, zoom, zoom is right now, every mm-hmm. single company, I'm sure Jason, are y'all using zoom? I mean, we are, I mean, I, I think everybody knows what it is now, which I really didn't know what it in was. In the beginning, before, nobody did. A few months ago, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And now, uh, who, what, what was used before this? Um, 
what was the go to meeting? Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Go to meeting. Go to meeting. And, mm-hmm. and the Facebook uh, video messenger thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a couple different platforms that are all obsolete now. It's just flat out. Mm-hmm. I don't even know anything other than Zoom now. Um, but like I said, and a buddy of mine, I told, I think we talked about this a couple of shows ago. Um, he read an article when this first started happening that it was going to change the American workforce because now that everybody is working at home, why are they going to have to go back into offices? Like once everybody's set up and established and all the other trickle down effects is I've heard, I heard on the radio the other day that there were oil fields in Texas that the towns were shut down because nobody's, we're not driving anywhere. Like everybody's, your car sits for six days or five days. Uh, So there's there's all these different byproducts. Uh, It's strange times. And somebody put on Facebook the other day, it said, we are currently living through a history lesson. And uh, absolutely that's dead on. 20 years from now, my kids are going to be talking about, you know, what'd you do during the <laughs> pandemic? Like you do about well, the great depression rate, you know? Yeah. Right. Well, you know, and I wrote a thing too, where, you know, it's all about perspective. I mean, like, like us as adults, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're quarantined. I mean, we're, we're not able to, to get out and do things we want to do, but you know, through, through kids' eyes, I mean, some of them are going to remember this, some of the best times of their lives. I mean, oh, yeah. they got to do school at home with their you know, their parents. Um, you know, they were probably eating at home, home-cooked meals a lot more often, you know, right. hanging out with family, um, you know, things that a lot of people, you know, have kind of gotten away from, you know, whereas it's, they're living more like we did as, as kids now at this point. Oh, I guarantee that. Oh, that was another a company. Um, uh, who makes the the flour? Uh, it was one of the baking. Somebody makes flour and sugar. You know, they said their stocks are set an all time record because everybody, mm-hmm. people that didn't even know how to cook are trying to figure out how to bake and cook. And well, you know, you don't have choice. What, speaking of that, I don't know what's going on with. Um, I don't know. I never go and try to buy yeast, but apparently there's like a national yeast shortage right now. <laughs> yeah, I just found out about this. So you know, you guys know I love grilling. Love the big green egg. So uh, I love grilling burgers, steaks, everything. So to add to my, my grilled burgers, I wanted to make some homemade buns, hamburger buns. That is. Yeah. Yeah. Realize we're out of yeast. So you know, I think, all right, I'll get it at Walmart. Nope. Get it at Kroger. Nope. Whole Foods. Nope. And apparently um, my wife at Whole Foods asked, and they said they haven't had it for months now. And so I went ahead and looked online, and sure enough, there's some kind of national yeast shortage where nobody can get it right now. And I don't know why. I mean, Everybody's I really own, don't know. Trying to make their own bread. Everybody's at home making loaves of bread. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Home brewers. Oh, uh, yeah. there's a, see, there's another little thing going yeah. on. Too. I don't know. I went to buy flour uh, the other night. Um, the kids wanted to make cookies with mom. I got the last thing of all purpose flour. <laughs> at Cro- I mean, the, at a big place, mm-hmm. you know, it was just like, uh, what? Yeah. Well, I've been reading where some of these restaurants are getting ready to reopen their, I guess their suppliers have a shortage on, on meat and ingredients and all that. So I've read that some of these restaurants are going to struggle to reopen just because they can't get their hands on, on supplies. I didn't think about that too. No, Mm -hmm. I didn't either. Jeez. It's going to take a while for everything gets back to normalcy. Yeah. There will be, there will be ripple. effects felt for a long time i think and you know i think um i think i posted somewhere like you know early march or something like i hope we we can learn while this happens like 
there are things that, you know, like, Hey, maybe we don't have to all go sit in traffic and, and get pissed at each other to go work on a computer at the office, you know, Hey, learn, maybe, maybe um, education can be flexible in some way and incorporate virtual learning into whatever it is that, you know, how, how things are going to look. Um, uh, you know, I, I've been having to stop and smell the roses occasionally. It's like, you know, not running out to something every night. It's kind of nice. And just like, yeah. let's, let's all, I hope culturally we learn something. hundred percent. That's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I don't know what, but I think, yeah, I don't, a lot of learning that's going to take place from all of this. Yeah. I actually forgot all this talking. I was, you know, talking about guideline changes. You know, I have to say my NMLS number five, two, four, nine, four. I got to throw that in there. Legal. If I didn't butt in and say it now. I might've forgotten. Legal. Excellent. We usually do that I stuff like it. Beginning. Good, good, good call. That's right. Otherwise, right. we'll have to go back and do some edit jobs. So once we talk about sports, I'm not going back to mortgages. We're talking about no, We're done. We're, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're yes. moving on. We're moving on. Well, sports um what will we be talking about right now if if uh this time of year the well, i know the draft but it this would be baseball so we might not even really be talking a lot about sports anyway but nba uh, stuff nba probably coming down the it be, it's that it's that weird pre-summer kind of season yeah. um the only thing that we have that's sports related uh that we started to talk about and we shut her down is um Neil, you said you haven't been watching it. Jason and I have been. Is the the, the last dance, uh, which is that ten part. I remember when they teased that back in like December. They just showed mm -hmm. like a one minute trailer, and, and everybody was like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be unbelievable!" And so far, I, I've liked every one of them. I think mm -hmm. um, my only critique, and I don't know if you pay attention to this at all, Jason, but the, they jump around like, and that kind of. And it's weird. Yeah. Like sometimes the story relates when they go from 98 to 89, mm -hmm. sometimes, and sometimes it just doesn't like, they're like, they're talking about yeah. something and all of a sudden it goes back to 1992. And you're like, okay, like, uh, let's mm -hmm. start a new storyline here. Like, uh, that's been my only, um, cause they kind of, you know, they had the Robin episode, they had the Pippin episode, like, you know, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they kind of just kind of started. Uh, I mean, I know you, you, you haven't watched seven and eight. So I haven't watched seven and eight yet. I'm through six. We've got seven and eight recorded, which we'll, we'll watch. We always make sure we watch them before Sunday. You watch the 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 uh, mature audience version. You gotta oh yeah. get the you gotta get the cussing in, right? Oh yeah, I mean, we, we <laughs> have to. F bombs, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, what you'll learn in these. Next I didn't know there was any other version, by the way. Right. Exactly. <laughs> there's a there's a fourteen a, a teen a fourteen, 14 okay. version. Uh, but these next two episodes, they're a little slower than the other six. They just kind of are. Um, but you will learn how, and I listened to Sports Radio this morning, either Jordan was a genius or he was psychotic, one mm -hmm. way or another. Um, which or usually, both, right? Well, yeah. usually that's the way it goes, right? Like you're, you're on the fine line. But uh, Jordan would take anything that he mm -hmm. could. And me and Chris, Chris and I, when we were watching it, I guess when you get to that level, and he talks about he got he got – bored with it because i mean you're literally the best athlete in the history of all mm -hmm. sports so he had to find little bitty things that would make him get fired up i guess because he would get bored playing regular games and all it would take would be he talks about one 
coach walks past him, George Carl, he, he walks past him at dinner and doesn't stop and talk to him. He's like, Oh, it's on. Like he turns it into it's personal. He goes out there game six or game seven, whatever. And because he didn't stop and talk to him at dinner, he just like, it just enrages him. Like he take he looks for any time. There's a story in there. Um, you'll watch it. That's all completely fabricated. He tells the news media back in the day that uh, the kid, the guy slided him, said something to him on the way out the door. And it, it never, and he used that for the next game to go out and drop like 60 on him or whatever. And he does something stupid, but like 20 years later, they asked him, did he really say that to you? And he was like, no, nah, I kind of made that up. Like, so he, <laughs> he released stuff in the media that didn't even take place just to get him, mm-hmm. just to get him more fired up. But I mean, what do you, he reads the papers. You ever pay attention to that? Like he is always reading what writers are saying about him. Mm-hmm. He does. Teams. Yeah. Uh, so um, it amazes me at how competitive, I mean, you know, you, you knew how competitive he was in basketball. Sure. But I mean, he was competitive. So in, of in, a wall. Everything, yeah, the quarters game. I mean, you know, I mean, he, he just wants to win no matter what it is. And, you know, I, mean, I remember him saying about, you know, he'd even go go up in the, the front of the plane and play like the, the dollar, you know, like the well, dollar blackjack. And they said, well, why? He said, well, I, I want to take your $20 and have your money in my pocket. That's <laughs> what, that was that Will Purdue story. He's like, you all are playing yeah. thousands of dollars. He's like, uh-huh. 20 bucks each in this game. He's like, he's like, why don't you go back up there? He's like, oh, no, I want to play with you all. Yeah, because he wanted mm-hmm. to beat them for knowing right. that, that he wasn't going to even win any money. Like, uh, right. that's one thing um, that I've learned is, like I said, is his competitiveness. Of course, you heard about golf back in the day. So, golf, mm-hmm. sure. And, yeah. uh, but it's, it was everything. Um, but you yeah. should watch it, Neil. Um, it's worth. I- I think I'll probably get to it. it. the The NBA has never been a cultural staple of my life, so it hasn't been something that I'm like, "Oh, I've got to watch it." But I think I'll enjoy it. And my wife was yeah. a basketball player, and and I think she would. She's very competitive as well. I think she'll find somewhere well, he, to relate a bit. Both of you, like when he was, I guess when he was drafted, whatever, and they said in eighty or ninety, eighty three or whatever. That's when I was born. I I remember. Jordan kind of towards the end there. Like I was like 12, 13, 14, whatever. Like I remember it, but I think if I'd been like 18 or 19, like I, I probably would have paid more mm-hmm. attention to it. Like I, I remember watching right. some of his games, but I, I mean, nothing really sticks out to me. I just remember right. watching him a little bit. Um, but I think if I'd had another five or six years, I probably would have uh, definitely remembered a whole lot more. Like the, uh, the dream team, you watch those. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I- I mean, I completely grew up with Jordan. I mean, I'm older than you, Mal, and um, just a little you know, bit enough to where it was where it mattered. Uh, exactly. I mean, I do remember my my first pair of Jordans. It was it was the Jordan ones, the very first ones. I was in first grade, and somebody came to school, and you know they had these like bright red and black shoes. And you're like, what is that? People are talking about they're the Jordans. I'm like, what what's a Jordan? You know, nobody even knew what you know. The, and, the first hundred dollar you know, shoe. Exactly. <laughs> And from there, everything exploded. So, like I said, I was in first grade. So, I mean, all, all growing up, you know, I played basketball through elementary, middle school, high school. And, um, you know, I mean, that's that's all I want to be with was Jordan. I mean, you know, you, you wore Jordans. You won you know, jerseys. I mean, all the way down to, uh, you know, wearing a red and black knee brace when you didn't have any knee problems. You know, and you'd have to, you'd have to roll it down just like Jordan to, to you know, show both colors. So, <laughs> What about Adidas? He won – Poor Adidas couldn't design him a shoe. Boy, looking back on that, he, he wanted to sign with Adidas so bad. Mm-hmm. And they said, we can't help you right now. We can't make you a basketball shoe. Oh, looking back on that, somebody should have lost their job. Somebody yeah. probably wakes up in the middle of the night oh, every day right now still. Uh, 
like to close yeah. that Jordan deal. He just got the department to make him a shoe. He was like, fine. Because Nike, that's one whole episode's almost kind of dedicated to his marketing and branding from McDonald's, Gatorade. But the beginning is uh, Nike was kind of up and coming. They weren't really Nike. And uh, right. Jordan always wore Adidas. He wanted to, he wanted to, to make Adidas shoes. And they said, we can't design anything for you right now. So he went with Nike and, well, you yeah. know. The rest is history. And look at how long that brand's lasted. I mean, it's been almost 20 years since he retired. And, you know, my, my 11-year-old, you know, who loves basketball, loves the NBA, and has actually, you know, kind of got me a new, you know, newfound love for the NBA again. But, you know, I see him dressed head to toe in, in Jordan here. And oh. that was that was before the last dance, which, I mean, the last dance now. This is going to bring great, on so many more followers. It has. I mean, it, it's been great for he and I to watch together and him to really get the appreciation, which, I mean, he already had it. Um, but, you know, it's just – it's good that we can connect on it. Now he's able to watch it like I did. Oh, I'm not going to lie. I wish Louisville was an, a Jordan team. There's only, what, like six of them? I think Michigan, North Carolina. Because when they when they do those whiteouts or those blueouts mm -hmm. at the North Carolina games, they give them all their shirts. They're all laying there on the seats. And all it is is just – it's either white or a blue, just a big old Jordan logo. I'm like, damn, you know how badass that'd be to be big mm -hmm. Louisville on, in the corner and then a big Jordan jump man on the front of it. God. Yep. I don't know how he decides what he's going to pick and how he's going to, like I right. said, he has a couple of smaller schools, but there's only a handful. But uh, Jordan, if you're listening to this, you know, come holler. Yeah, we'll, be a, we'll be a Jordan podcast. <laughs> For yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll wear my Jordan jump man <laughs> right now. Right. <laughs> All right, well, um, that's it for sports, huh? We talk about a freaking documentary. That's about it. I think the the, the uh, but the draft happened, the NFL draft since I think that since the last time, which was one of the be the most watched ones ever. Yeah. And I think they, you know, as far as like learning a lesson, they need to learn a lesson because people were a little bit more interested than you know. I don't want to see some dude hug Roger Goodell. I don't care mm -hmm. about that. But all I, I watch for inside their house. All I want to do, all I ever watch it for is watching him boo him every time he comes out. Like that's that's the best part ever. They boo him mm -hmm. every, every time he comes out. He he smiles and waves, and they boo the shit out of him. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> NFL's been my jam for many years now, and so I I took a lot of pleasure in checking that out. Although the Colts have have a big hole to dig out of right now. Blah blah blah. <laughs> What uh, where Beckton ended up going? Did you see that? Uh, 12th, 12th, was he at the, the Jets? Jets, I think the Jets. Yeah, that's the right. Jets scoop up all kinds of Louisville. That's players. right. So, so Neil, you're a big NFL guy. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I've always been a Bengals fan. So, what do you think? So, Joe Burrow is he going to be the next Peyton Manning, or is he going to be the next in a long line of, he, of he would be mishaps? He well, he would be the next Peyton Manning if he had a culture that could manage him. Um, I, um, do y'all know Pat McAfee, uh, mm -hmm. that show, sure. uh, they've talked, they talk a lot about how <laughs> the, the inner workings of the Bengals are just not set up for, for that long-term success for that. Right. Uh, and I think that's kind of, uh, it's kind of sad cause I think Burrow, he has all the tools, uh, he's got a head about him. He, he's poised for success. So, and you know, I don't hate the Bengals. I wish I wish them and Burrow the best. So mm -hmm. maybe they figure it out. I don't know. He throws the hell of a football. He does. And 
you know, like Carson Palmer, that went really well for a long time. Um, they were really knocking on the door for a while there until mm-hmm. until the uh, Steelers cheated and hurt him. Yeah. I mean, even with, the, you know, with Dalton, I mean, they had a few good regular seasons, which regular season is the key word there because, you know, the last playoff win I think was in, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was like 1990 or something. Yeah. Well, it, um, I mean, I, I think I was probably there as a kid. I mean, that yep. was like the last time they won a playoff game. Dal- uh, Dalton, somebody was like, they had a thing. You They ranked quarterbacks on the Dalton index. Dalton is the average quarterback. And it, you're good if you're better than Dalton, and you're bad if you're worse than Dalton. <laughs> That's funny. That's <laughs> yeah. great. So he, was, he was just too. tight. Yeah. Yeah, nice. So, who knows? I just hope that football of all kinds – um, becomes a thing somehow. My my son is playing high school football. I'm a Cards fan. I know for some reason you're a UK fan, Jason. And uh, and the NFL, like I mean, the fall is football in our country, and who knows? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at this point, I think, um, you know, I know ESPN started showing live Korean baseball league games. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, is anybody watching? I don't know. I mean, I was tempted. I'm like, hey, it's, it's, it's sports. It's something really going on. I mean, I've, I've definitely caught up on the, um, you know, 2016 NBA championship, the, you know, the 2015 <laughs> yeah. playoffs. I mean, you know. Right. We've been doing like, uh, like fire pit at night or, Netflix, which we hadn't, we weren't that, that into, like we watched some stuff occasionally, but we've watched a lot more Netflix lately. And we're mm-hmm. always, we're always um, kind of late comers to stuff. Have you all watched Shit's Creek? Mm-hmm. No. Hilarious. Really? Hilarious. Yeah. 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 We need something else to watch right now too. So we, um, you know, of course we've watched all the, the standards. I mean, I think everybody's watched Ozark at this point, but yeah. um we, we watched actually, the been, first couple and then like yeah. it was pretty intense and we had to chill out from it just because mm-hmm. I don't know. It was oh, a lot. A, yeah. Especially this season. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're just starting at Mindhunter. I don't know if you guys have seen Mindhunter. I haven't, but I've heard it's good. I've, I've heard it's good. I mean, we're one episode in, so I mean, I, I can't even really, it seemed really slow you know, I mean, I, we watched it last night and I'll just put it that way. It was slow. So we'll, We'll give it a, a few more. I usually give you know everything about a three episode chance. And well, Shit's Creek and... is like twenty two minute long episodes, and oh, and Ooh, immediately hilarious, over the top, but but tasteful. Mm-hmm. Um, very well done. I'll just check that out. Yep. Me too. Yeah. All right. All right. You anything else over there, Neil? I don't think so. Just. Uh... Everyone stay safe and healthy and keep your head about you. For sure. People yeah, are losing that. I saw, I saw a crazy Karen fight on Twitter today. Good. <laughs> uh, um, Jason, you got anything else? You already knocked out that NMLS numbers. Yeah. yeah. Knocked that out. So. Good on that. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Jason. Good. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Thanks for having me again. We appreciate you. We like you being a friend of the show and uh, and like working with you. Definitely. Same here, guys. I'm, I'm happy to come on anytime. I've told you guys that all along, so I, I definitely enjoy it. 
Next Sounds time we'll good. talk about smoking some meats, hopefully outdoors with friends and cold beer and good old meats. I'll tell you about my first brisket I did. That's right. That's, I did, that'll I did be the teaser. Brisket. Yep. Yeah. We'll party like it was 2019. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Talk to you all. Everybody. All right. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Talk About Town. Hey, check us out on social media at Talk About Town KY on Twitter and Facebook. Also, you can look us up on the web at TalkAboutTownKY.com. Malachi Hadley and Neil Cox are your friendly realtors with Smith & Wilson Realty. 303-926-7000.